Yo, monkeys, it's me, P-P-P, the king of Bada Bing, the master of the diamond cutter, the three-time, three-time, three-time world champion. And you, well, you, monkey, you're listening on the S&S Network. Stay tuned or you will feel Big Daddy Cool Diesel slash Kevin Nash is listening on the SNS Radio Network. Hey, this is Olympic gold medalist Kurt Angle from TNA, and you're listening on the SNS Radio Network. Oh, it's real. It's damn real. This is Heartbreak Kid Shawn Michaels, Mr. Hall of Fame 2011, and you are listening on SNS Radio Network. See ya, and I wouldn't want to be here. Hey, you listen on the SNS Network, and that's the bottom line. Because Stone Cold Set The world is listening. The following program is closed captioned for the thinking impaired. Quiet, numbskulls, I'm broadcasting. Due to some violent content, parental discretion is advised. One, two, is this on? (laughs) Yo, Jimmy, hit me with that triple H. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the three-time, three-time, three-time wrestling radio show of the year, Wrestling News Live. With the bad boys of wrestling radio, the Trey Dog. Got his own microphone, Tony. Larry, Mike. And JJ. All caps. Sexy. Stay thirsty, my friends. And the winner of the People's Choice Award is... Wrestling News Live. Here are your hosts, the Trey Dog and JJ Sexay. Guess who's back? All right, everybody, welcome to Wrestling News Live. I am the Trade Dog. We are live on the SNS Radio Network. Finally, a little later than normal, but just bear with us. Uh, we're here. That's all that matters, right? Better late than never. Anyway, glad to be here with you again. This will be the second week in a row where JJ has not felt well. And I got to tell you, I was playing Xbox last night, late. Well, not too late, around 10, 30, 11 o'clock. And 
I'm in a party with a friend of mine, and we're playing some Battlefield. And then I hear somebody pop in, and I guess I didn't see who it was. And I just heard, hey, what's up, guys? And I was like, hey, what's up? I didn't know who it was. I had to actually go and look to see who joined our party because JJ didn't sound anything like himself. He sounded exhausted. And I know he's been putting in a lot of hours at work on top of not feeling well. And they have some very fucked up weather up there in Canada. So for the second week in a row, he's going to take a break. Hopefully he'll be back next week. I told him that, you know, it'd be better for him to save this energy and uh, be able to host Unplugged on Friday with Charles Shane and the whole crew over there. So uh, look forward to hopefully a, a brand new Unplugged on Friday. And he'll have plenty of time to heal up, hopefully, between now and then. In the meantime, it is I, the outlaw of the IWC, holding down the fort and uh, running things with Brass Eye at the controls and my tag team partner for the night, the one, the only, Bronx Father. Bronxy, how are you? Uh, okay. I haven't had the greatest week myself, but I'm here. I have, it on, I have it on pretty good authority to blame you for the fact that we're a little late because everything you touch today turns to shit. Everything I've touched in the last week has turned to shit. So, if anything happens with the show tonight, the running theme of the night will be just blame Bronxy because everybody else will. Sounds How's good. That? Not. Does that sound good to you? All right. Tonight, Raw was a three-hour super show, a three-hour tour, if you will, of WWE SmackDown Raw combined. Um, I'm beginning to think there's some. They're, they're laying down some subtle hints. And they're laying down some things that foreshadow uh, possible changes in Raw and SmackDown. Um, one thing I picked up tonight in an earlier promo that, that, that was not really a promo, but a segment where they started the show with supposed to be the contract signing that didn't turn out to be the contract signing and John Laurinaitis was basically telling Teddy Long to tell John Cena something. It was like when you're not talking to somebody at the dinner table and you say, tell your sister I said this. And they're sitting right there next to you when you can easily tell them yourself. <laughs> he, he made the comment of, tell Cena this could be his last night on Raw. Hmm. Very interesting. Um, that was one of the things that hit me tonight. Another thing is they are really hammering home this people power thing. Now, I'm not one to say that TNA is sitting on the side of the road idly by waiting to scoop the WWE or to copy the WWE in any way. Not saying that they don't do it. I'm not saying that they do do it. What I will say is I wouldn't put it past them with Hogan in any kind of power right now to try to scoop the WWE or copy the WWE in any way. And when I hear Laurinaitis pushing this people power, it reminds me a lot of what Hogan was saying on Impact on Thursday where they're going to have a night where anybody in the building can challenge anybody, and that person has to fight if they've been challenged. Red Rover, Red Rover, send this wrestler right over because I want to have a match with this guy. 
or this guy was the guy that interfered in my title match three years ago, and I haven't forgotten, and I've decided tonight's the night that I want to stomp his ass. I challenge this guy. <clears throat> that, to me, is a great idea. We'll see what happens with it, but it reminds me a lot of the people power, where the people are in power, however the difference may be, what people are in power. And it seems like tonight, and it seems like last week to me, that the people that are in power might be the people of Healish persuasion. Anybody associated with Laurenitis or Team Johnny is getting their way. Well, except for Ziggler and, and uh, Biff Tannen. They're not really getting their way. They're kind of becoming the job squad. Yeah, the same could be said for uh, Epico and Primo, man. Well, and I think what you saw tonight with, uh, what's his name? Cleveland. What's that guy's name? Uh, <laughs> I hated him when he was on TV. What's his name? Byron Washington or whatever. I know who you're talking about, but it's, it's brain fart for me, too. He, uh, I, think he's a, I think he's putting together a little stable. And he's going to play the role of not necessarily manager, but representative and agent, if you would, the sports world. But the thing, the thing about that is, if Laurinaitis is in power and Otunga works for Laurinaitis, then how does Otunga come up to these guys and say what he said? You're kind of undermining your boss a little bit. That's what I picked up, too. What did Otunga say? I, I don't know that I caught that. He basically went to um, Epico and Primo and said, listen, you know, you guys didn't get a WrestleMania match. You keep That wasn't Otunga. That was not Otunga? No, that was Abraham Washington. That was the guy I was just talking about. Oh, shit. Screw me. <laughs> All right, Brass, I hit it. There's number one. I'm telling you, man, I'm just screwing up. Every freaking thing this week. This is a train wreck. So are you going to tell me now that are you subscribing to the theory that they all look alike? <laughs> oh, God. No. <laughs> That's not what I'm saying. I'm going to turn Maze loose on you now. You said it, not me. No, you said it. I you're, the one that, you're, the, you're the one that called David Otunga. That's like calling, that's like calling you know... Some dude you saw on the street, Mr. Miyagi, because he was Chinese. <laughs> oh, God. I think you're right. <sighs> Matter of fact, Brass, I hit him with another one. Oh, the infamous WNL buzzer is back, ladies and gentlemen. And I deserved it. I deserved it. I mean, I was sitting here thinking you watched a show that I missed. <laughs> Oh, my multitasking sucks. When I'm trying to do 10 things at once, I usually fail at at least one of them. So I was thinking, man, I must have dozed off several times during Raw tonight because I didn't see that part. But anyway, back to the topic at hand. You know, I think these programs are either starting to mirror themselves in a weird way or somebody's trying to scoop somebody's idea. Who knows? Question in the chat room, where's the Miz? Yeah. Well, I can tell you where he'll be on Sunday. 
<laughs> I'm sure that if you uh, haven't made your picks, uh, you can make your picks over at fourdown.org, the home for the SNS Radio Network, uh, where you can make your picks for pay-per-view predictions. The new season started last week, and uh, we finished second overall by like six points. So if you're a part of it, get over there and vote or predict your, your pay-per-view matches for Extreme Rules. If you're not a part of it, get your ass over there and sign up and join up and be a part of the group. It takes five minutes, and it's a lot of fun to do. Um, I sucked last week. So <laughs> Brass Eye, however, was number eight overall for the entire site, so kudos to Brass Eye. I didn't do that well myself, and, and also on the bigger pay-per-views, if you end up number one overall, you, they'll give you a $50 Amazon gift certificate so you can go and, you know, buy yourself something. Yeah, so you get a prize for being a genius. Um, with that being said, I know of another match added tonight, and that's going to be a dark match. It's going to happen basically on the new WWE YouTube page as they're pushing people and this is a great idea. This is a great marketing idea. This is a great idea by WWE Creative to get people to their YouTube page. And that's by putting a high-profile title match on that that website right before the pay-per-view. And they're going to have basically uh, uh, the U.S. title match with Santino Morella as the champion going to face uh, The Miz. For the U.S. title. I said that Miz would be a good person for the U.S. title a while back. Um, I think J.J. disagreed with me, but I think it was because he thinks he's still a main eventer. I don't think he is. I think he's fallen too far from grace lately to become a main, to be a main eventer. Not to say that he can't easily get back there, because I'm sure he could. But why not get him a stepping stone of the you know title belt between now and then? And... Uh, they're they're gonna have it on YouTube. I'm I'm guessing if they're gonna put it on YouTube, I'm guessing that, uh, you know, basically they want to make a splash. I think Miz winning that belt on Sunday would be big, would be big enough to get people to go there to watch that match. Um, I don't think Santino will retain. Now, had it been just a normal match, I'd have probably picked Miz anyway because I don't see Santino beating the Miz. But with the 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 way that things have been going for the Miz since he dropped our truth on his head, you know, basically, I mean, that's that's what it, it it all. I'm not saying that's the reason. I'm just saying it, it all goes back to about then, you know. Um, that's probably not the reason. I don't, don't want to give that the wrong impression, but I'm just saying time frame wise, that's when he seemed to go into somebody's doghouse. Yeah, and the other thing is, I think it's like what they'll do occasionally at a house show and throw you a bone and give you a title change. If, you know, they don't get the viewership that they're expecting for this YouTube thing, what's going to end up happening is if you have a title change, people are going to start calling their friends and say, holy shit, next month you better watch the YouTube pre-show because you never know, a title could change. Yeah. You know? I mean, so, it's, 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 it's not... I'd hate to be the Miz and be the guinea pig for that, but by the same token, you could also say you were the guinea pig for something. You were the first. Right. So let's see what happens. Again, the Miz versus Santino Morena for the U.S. title on YouTube 
the hour before the pay-per-view, kind of like Sunday Night Heat, but on YouTube. As Randy calls it, U-Heat. <laughs> so there you go, U-Heat for the WWE. With that being said, uh, it's about that right time to dive into your Monday Night Raw recap. Let's go ahead and do that now. With uh, Hit that sounder. We'll go ahead and we'll cover some Raw real quick. It's time for your WNL Monday Night Raw recap with Don Brooks, the Brock's father. Brock's father, lay it on us, brother. What happened tonight on Monday Night Raw? I like that. Um, we had an opening segment between Theodore Long, John Cena, John Laurinaitis, and Edge. Uh, our first match of the evening was Chris Jericho versus Kofi Kingston, in which Chris Jericho goes over. Our second match of the evening was R-Truth versus Lord Tensai, and Lord Tensai wins. Uh, Alberto Del Rio and Cody Rhodes versus Big Show and the Great Khali. And our next match, Show and Khali win. Nikki Bella versus Beth Phoenix in a Lumberjill match, and Mickey Bella wins the Divas title. Hmm. Stop right there. Okay. A um, couple things. Did anybody else pop and mark out like a 12-year-old bitch whenever Edge's music hit? I yeah. mean, I, I did, and the guy hadn't even been gone that long. I'm so upset about that because I, I'm going to have to go back and watch it. Man, I didn't get home until an hour after Raw started, which really sucks, but well, I'd love to have seen Edge. Basically, they uh, had us all under the impression that we were going to get the big contract signing right off the bat. And uh, Teddy Long was in the ring. He announced that it was Monday Night Raw Super Show, yada, yada, yada. Introduced John Cena. John Cena came out, which I thought was weird. I thought, why would you bring out Cena first? But they brought Cena out first, and then uh, they announced Brock Lesnar and John Laurinaitis' music hit. And he came out and said, Teddy, 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 I told you. We're not doing this until Brock gets here on his time. You're messing shit up. If they had a buzzer, they would have given it to him. And he said, basically, tell Cena this. Tell Cena this. Tell Cena this. <laughs> and so, you know, kind of against his will, Teddy told Cena everything Laurinaitis wanted him to say. Consequently, if you look up bitch in the dictionary, you will find a picture of Theodore Long, as he has become the bitch to John Laurinaitis. Ouch. And so Theodore leaves the ring. And, you know, Cena's just kind of standing around like, what the fuck just happened? And then, boom, Edge's music hit. You think you know me? And I went, oh, wow, cool. And I sit up on the edge of my seat, and I thought, this is going to get interesting. The hell's Edge won? Well, come to find out, he wanted to talk to John Cena. And he told John, he said, look, man, what the hell happened to you? You know, and Cena's like, what are you talking about? He's like, this isn't the John Cena of old. This isn't the John Cena that I fought, you know, over the world title. This isn't the John Cena that threw me in the river. This isn't the John Cena that, you know, kicked my ass after I slapped his dad in the face. 
You know, and he's right. And like JJ said several weeks ago before WrestleMania, that when John was fighting Kane, that he needed to doubt himself. <clears throat> you know, going into WrestleMania. Well, that didn't happen. They waited. They took JJ's idea. They just waited on it. Now they're playing the whole does John Cena doubt himself card, blah, 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 blah. And Edge was there to basically slap some reality into his face and say, look, this guy, and it was a great promo. And if you're, if you're, it is really weird because, you know, it's twofold. You sit back in your chair and you listen to this shit and you're like, Edge is right. But by the same token, if Edge is right, then everybody should hate Brock Lesnar, and they don't. That's what's really weird about this. Because if you notice the applause and the reaction for John Cena changed drastically after Edge went out and gave him the pep talk. When John Cena came out, it was to nothing but booze and a few cheers. After Edge came out and gave him the pep talk, everybody was cheering for Cena as he went to the back. You know? And Edge was right. He cut a great promo. Brock isn't here for the business. Brock doesn't care for the business. You know, you and I, when we were kids, and they overused the footage to the point that I'm almost sick of seeing it, but it makes a good point that John Cena was a little kid cutting out cardboard belts. Edge was at WrestleMania. Edge was voted most likely to be a WWE superstar in his yearbook. We've seen this stuff. So we know that from a young age, these two guys did nothing but want to wrestle for the rest of their lives. And Edge uses that in the promo tonight and comes out and says, look, we were destined to meet up in the WWE. You as a child, myself as a child, all we ever wanted to do was wrestle you know, we've got the footage of you as a kid. We've got the footage of me as a kid. You know? And he said, do it for us. Do it for guys like us. Do it for guys like Shawn Michaels, Big Pop. The Undertaker, Big Pop. You know? Do it for people who care about the business and eat, sleep, and breathe the business. Hell, do it for the business. You know, uh, Wookie Mush in the chat room brings up a good point. The first thing Edge said was, you know, I wasn't supposed to be here tonight. Matter of fact, my contract with the WWE expires in a couple days. Hmm. Which I thought was interesting to even bring up on TV. Why would you even say that? Why? Unless you're trying to get a new contract and you're trying to do whatever you can to, you know, nudge the man a little bit. Or maybe perhaps he said it to really drive home how much the business does mean to him because anyone else could have said, you know what, I'm retired. I'm gone in a couple of days. I don't need to come out and say this shit, you know, but Possibly. I care so much that I'm going to come out here and, you know, just lay it down to you. Maybe it was to let TNA know he's available in two days. <laughs> I doubt it. Anyway, 
so that was your opening promo of the night and uh great great use of edge um edge is a guy that i could see that i made the comment in the chat room when it happened um when and if and it will the john laurinitis train will finally hit the mountain sometime and be derailed and when and if it does happen I'd love to see a guy who has nothing but a love for the business like a guy like Edge. You know, who thought, God love it, his entire life would be in the WWE. You know, but his career was taken from him because of an injury. I would love to see them give the role of the general manager to a guy like that. Because it ain't no, it ain't no secret that Edge is good on the mic. Hell yeah. I mean, Edge is one of the best there is on the mic, and always has been. I've always loved Edge on the mic, you know. So, you know, maybe we'll see that down the road. Who knows? But that was Edge's role tonight, and they used him well. And, you know, if you go back and you remember those that, that feud that was when it, it all started when um, Edge cashed in money at the bank, money at the bank, and took the title from Cena, I believe, in the Elimination Chamber. Yeah, that's, that's right. Yeah. Um, it, it started then to the point where Edge had his own rated R spinner belt. You know, was kissing Lita like a cow licking a tree or something. I don't know. I, that guy kisses so weird. You can't blame him, though. Even when he kissed Vicky, it was like all his tongue was like all over her face, like she was a Scooby snack or something. I don't <laughs> I don't understand. You ever seen Scooby Doo eat a Scooby snack? Yeah. Well, that's the way Edge kisses Lita, and 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 I don't know, I don't get it. Um. Anyway, you know that was a that was a great feud. That was one of the greatest feuds, you know, in the last six seven years, you know. And it's funny to to tie in Brock Lesnar into all that. You know, you tell you, they 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 showed that promo three times tonight of Lesnar saying, "If I'd have never left, seen to be carrying my bags." Well, I guess we'll find out. It's sad that we'll never truly find out. Don't get me wrong; I know that a lot of people hate John Cena, but I'm telling you, John Cena is a strong motherfucker. I'm not saying a street fight that he'd take Lesnar, but I guarantee it'd be a good fight. I think I remember in a Triple H interview, I don't know if it was on a DVD or if it was on something where he had even said, you know, Cena's a strong motherfucker. He is. You know. And I, I mean, he lifted Big Show and Edge over his shoulders at the same time to do the FU. Shit, he lifted Viscera. That was one of the sickest things I ever fucking seen. You know, so I mean, hey, who knows? And it was really weird tonight because he had the actual contract signing. The way that they were wording things with Brock led me to believe he may not even show up. But John agreed to all his demands. So uh, let's go ahead and continue with the uh, Raw recap. Well, after Nikki Bella wins the Divas title. Oh, uh, speaking of the title switch there, that's what got me off track. Yeah. I was under the impression that the Bella twins were leaving or one of them were leaving or something. Yeah, that that's what I, and people were saying that in chat too earlier. I don't it's kind of strange. I don't know why, you know, maybe they're hoping you throw one of them a bone and and they will resign. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, I don't know. That's that's, that's not usually the way the WWE does business. 
Right. Or could it have been a deal where they did resign? We just don't know it yet, and that was one of the perks of getting them to stay. Oh, and in that match, I I think Beth is legit hurt. I think she is too. Which is a shame, but um, I think because the way she was still talking to trainers and in pain when the cameras were going away, cutting a commercial, you know, it's 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 a good possibility. A lot of people in the chat room seem to believe that she was legitimately hurt as well. Yes. So there you have it, the uh, Bella twins. Which one was it, Nikki? Yes. Nikki Bella. I don't know which one's the better looking. I know one of them is better looking than the other one. I don't know which one's which. Well, they're both smoking hot. I mean, I wouldn't. It's not like I turned down the one that isn't quite as good looking. Well, no, no, you wouldn't kick either one of them out of your bed for eating crackers. I'm just saying that <laughs> one of them is a little bit better looking than the other one. I'm not sure which one's which. However, one of them won the title tonight. It's Nikki. I like. I think I like Bria better. Like Bria, Bria Bella is the one I like. I'm not sure. Anyway, rumor has it they were on their way out. And now all of a sudden, Nikki Bella is the women's champion or the, the the Divas champion. Do they call it the women's championship or do they call it Divas? I don't remember. I think they call it the Divas now. I'm I not... think it's called Divas now, yeah. Anyway, let's continue on with Raw. We have a Sheamus versus Mark Henry match with Daniel Bryan as the guest referee. Mark Henry wins, of course. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what I say. Now, <laughs> I was confused here because... Cole, who's easy to easy to confuse the listening public, made a comment of Daniel Bryan is just trying to uh, provoke Sheamus into hitting him so he'll get fired. Is right. there some is there some stipulation going into their match to where Sheamus can't touch him but he can touch Sheamus? No, Sheamus cannot ever even accidentally touch a WWE referee or he will be fired. Oh, because of what he did. I got you. Okay. I, I missed that part of the, yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Cause he was wearing the referee shirt. Yes. Right. Um, in our next match, I have- just thought it was awfully fucked up. And if you made the stipulation, why wouldn't you let one, why would you let one touch the other, but the other would not touch the other. You know what I mean? It just it didn't make a whole lot of sense, but that the referee thing does. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, we have our next match is Epico and Primo versus Zack Ryder and Santino. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me, Santino and Zack go over. Uh, this next match, my God, Hornswoggle and Brodus Clay versus Biff Swagger and Dolph Ziggler. And of course, Brodus and uh, Hornswoggle go over and we end Monday Night Raw with the Lesnar Cena contract signing, which was very interesting. Now, in this contract signing, Brock comes to the ring first, introduced as the new face of Monday Night Raw, and comes to the ring. Please, WWE, I know you listen because you you keep stealing ideas from JJ apparently. Um, if you would take one from me and give Brock his stage pyro back so that when he does his little move and he brings his arms down, the pyro goes off. It doesn't look right without the pyro. It doesn't feel right without the pyro. Give the motherfucker back his pyro. You know? But Well, I'm sorry, Trey. 
I was just going to say, I, I don't know if they've given him any of this pyro back. Does the ring explode when he jumps up on it still? Or No, but, you know, that could be a psychological thing because they're trying to tell you, look, this guy's just here to kill people. He doesn't care about pyro. He's just, they're trying to keep, look, if you don't think that they're trying to subtly insinuate his MMA background, you're crazy. They're, they're Oh, yeah. You know, they're look doing. Look at his shirt. Yeah. I mean, his shirt screams MMA fighter, not WWE wrestler. You know, and speaking of the MMA, we'll get to that in a little bit. Yes, we're going to cover some MMA on Wrestling News Live. Um, hold on a second. Who is the chatter? Anthony Farley says, did they pass over the whole CM Punk drinking test? Yeah, we did, because uh, if you saw it, you saw it. What do you need? I, I really don't know what you need described on that. Um, other than Jericho told... Um, John Laurinaitis, that he thought CM Punk was drunk in the back and that, you know, there's a rule that you can't be drinking if you're on the job and yada, yada, yada. So, uh, they, they had a whole segment built around it that was kind of dumb, to be honest with you. I mean, it was comical. I thought CM Punk was hilarious. Yeah. But you I know. couldn't see them stripping him of the title that way. You know, um, yeah. View now. Yeah. He, he said, this is for the WWF. And they tried to bleep it out. They didn't bleep it out in time. <laughs> well. So, with that being said, uh, we're back at the end of the Raw where Laurinaitis and Lesnar are in the ring for the contract signing. They hit John Cena's music, to which John just decides not to show up. Which makes no sense. Um, other than the fact that Brock had some demands he wanted to get off his chest. One of them being that uh, he had the use of Vince McMahon's private jet to and from all shows. Another one being that it is now called WWE Monday Night Raw starring Brock Lesnar. Um, what else did he have, Bronx? That... Uh... He he almost kind of took up for Sheamus and said, you know, you find Sheamus $500,000 for hitting the referee. Well, that's bullshit because you ain't going to find me. And earlier, Sheamus, uh, excuse me, Brock knocked the shit out of little, what's his name? The, the announcer. Josh, Josh Matthews, yeah. So that was another thing. And, of course, Laurinaitis, who looked like a deer in the he in the headlights, agreed to all of it. Which, you know, was rather interesting. And, uh, you know, it, it looks like he got his comeuppance a little bit tonight. But I don't know. And, of course, then John Cena comes out with a chain. Now, did John Cena say, because I missed a little bit of this, did John Cena come out and say why he didn't come out to his music in the first place? As far as I know, remember, John Cena did not say a word during that entire signing. He said nothing. Brock basically called him a pussy and he was ballless and he was scared. And I don't blame you. I wouldn't come out either and blah, 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 blah. And fucking Cena just took it. You know, and I'm like, fuck, all right, whatever. So Cena comes out with a chain. You know, I want your take on this because I, I had a little disagreement with some people in the chat. A lot of people were saying, look, Cena's coming out with a chain. He's ready. He's ready to kick ass. You know, he's showing Brock he means business. No, I think it's showing that he's scared shit. When have you ever seen John Cena come out yeah. with a foreign object to protect himself? I mean, that's, that's you know, 
to me, if I'm standing outside your house and I'm calling you out, I'm like, hey, motherfucker, you know, I'm here to whip your ass. Come out and fight me man to man. And you walk out with a gun. Well, that shows me just how big of a pussy you are. You don't think you can take me. Exactly. That you need the extra help, you know, to get one over on me. You need a foreign object. You know, otherwise you'd come out with bare fists and fight me like a man. And I mean, that's what, I don't know if I, if they, if they wanted to say it, like if they wanted to prove it, if they wanted to make it as where John was coming out and doing that to prove he was ready and he's a man, but he would have just come out bare fisted and said, Hey, look, man, you sure you don't want to jump me from behind? Are you sure you don't want to do a run in on me? You would have faced me face to face with a, you know, both of us knowing a time and date where we're going to get the ring and actually go. Let's do that. No more just running in behind me and fucking surprising me shit. Yeah, and Brock no sold that chain. I mean, he didn't look like he was sweating it at all. So no, because he probably there. He'd take take it away from John and beat him with it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm telling you, Brock Lesnar is not playing a role. Brock Brock is bad. Brock's a bad dude. He really is. Brock's a bad dude. And in real life, he's a bad dude. You know, he can choke you out and make you shit your pants in five minutes before you even know what's going on. You know, Chris Benoit was the same way. He's just a bad dude. Well, now he's a real bad dude. But, I mean, when he was when he was at the height of his career, the prime of his career. You know, even when he wasn't, when he was still at WCW, you just knew that motherfucker could strap something on you to make you shit yourself before you had a chance to fight. You know, if Kurt Angle wasn't crazy, he's the same kind of guy. <laughs> he's legit. He's a bad motherfucker. That's why his wallet says bad motherfucker on it, because he's a bad motherfucker. You know? Those guys are real. They 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 have been trained to fight their whole life. You know, and Cena's playing the role of, you know, I don't know, good guy down on his luck, maybe. I don't know. Well, it's almost like, man, it's almost like I've never seen Cena like fear someone like this. I mean, that's the only word I can think of. I mean, come on, Kane, when Kane was fucking with him, he didn't even really sweat that never sweated the rock. I mean, let's go down the long list of, of adversaries that Cena has had to overcome everybody. Yeah. And for him not to say a word during that contract signing, he just stood there like, you know, like a deer in the headlights. He didn't say a damn word. And, Brock was like, and I like the way Brock is really making, you know, animals can smell fear. They say, if you show an animal you're scared, you're going to get attacked. And Brock basically says, I I like what I'm seeing. I smell it on you. That's basically what he told Cena. Yeah. I don't know who's writing for Brock, but they're doing a fantastic job. Well, someone can verify this for me. I believe I read somewhere that that Heyman is helping Brock with his promos. And that sounds like a very Heyman thing to say. Yeah. You know, don't worry about what's you know running through his mind. Worry about what's running down his leg. That's very Paul Heyman-esque. You know, and, you know, 
saying shit like, I smell the fear on you. Yeah. Well, I like yeah. it. I like it. I like the way they're using Brock, you know, and I, I think if his mic skills can get better, which they have, man. I mean, he's, he's tonight, he was 10 times the best I've ever seen him. Well, I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do here because like JJ and I talked off the air last night and here's where I see it. I said this last week. I'll say it again in case you missed it. It's, it's tough to call. It is, but it isn't. And here's what I'm going at. Um, you know, John Cena has the chance for the first time in my knowledge, the first time in his career, to have three losses back to back to back. He lost to The Rock. He lost to Lord Tensai. And now he's going to lose to Brock Lesnar. And I say that because I don't see you bringing Brock in and letting Cena roll over him on the first match of a one-year contract. What would be the point? You'd kill Brock right off the bat. Brock has to go over in this match. And it's almost one of those where I feel like it needs to end like Bret Hart shot or Bret Hart's uh, Stone Cold. Where Stone Cold doesn't necessarily give up, but Brock wins because Stone Cold passed out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like like Bret Hart won via the sharpshooter. But te- but technically Stone Cold never tapped. He just passed out from the pain. And I almost feel like in this extreme rules match that Brock needs to punish the shit out of John Cena. To the point that John can't fight back, and the referee just gives the match to, 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 to Brock because John can't continue. But then John can come back and say, I never gave up, and you never pinned me later down the road. Well, you know, everyone's been saying, well, if, if you know, Brock wins, who do you feed to Brock next? He was, here's what I'd love to see happen, fantasy booking, because besides what we're all saying about Cena... When was the last time this poor bastard had time off? I mean, come on, man. You know, the guy, come on. Dude, yeah, I mean, the, John needs time off. That's where they're headed with this. Yeah. Brock is going to Brock is gonna beat John Cena at Extreme Rules. And the only way it makes sense to me, because Brock has to go out going over in the, in the, in the eye of the public. Brock has to go out standing up. And, and the only way to do this is to have Brock severely beat John Cena in a finish that mirrors Bret Hart Stone Cold, where Brock beats John Cena to the end of, the, of his rope, and John can't continue, and the referee calls the match. And then John's gone to sell those injuries for a couple months, and then comes back and says, you never technically beat me, I never tapped, and I never got pinned. So that leads into the rematch. Um, the rematch, hell, take that for however you want. I wouldn't want to have to book that if you paid me a million dollars. But I'm telling you right now, this very first match, Brock has to go over. Brock has to be the winner. So I think Cena has to be dominated. I don't think that you have to punk Cena out. Let him, let him destroy Brock as much as Brock destroys him, but let Brock be the last man standing. 
No, I agree with you. And as far as who you can, you know, just to end this, who you could feed to Brock, I got the perfect guy. With the way Brock came out tonight and wants to take over shit and says I'm bigger than the business, man, I know people will say it's too soon, but I could see Triple H coming out and saying, wait a minute, big boy. No. You know, who the fuck are you? Yeah, I'd love to see that. Oh, yeah. Love to see that. You know, I hate the fact that Triple H could put Brock over, but it'd be it'd be fun to watch. Yeah. You know, um, then there's Sheamus on the list, Randy Orton on the list. Um, you know, there's all kinds of possibilities with Brock. Um, hell, Brock and CM Punk. Can you imagine the two of them going back and forth on the microphone? <laughs> now, granted, I wouldn't want to be CM Punk in that fight. But hell, if he's the world champ, but he's the world champ. You know, he's the world champ for a reason. Right. You know, but Brock and CM Punk on the microphone. Hell yeah. Bring it on. Yeah, David versus Goliath, and CM Punk could probably fuck. CM Punk could fuck with Brock verbally more than I think Cena can physically. So that would be really cool. Yeah. So I guess we'll just have to wait and see what happens. But ladies and gentlemen, that was your Monday Night Raw recap with the Bronx father, Don Bronx. And uh, you know, I promised we'd talk a little MMA. I watched the MMA fight this weekend. And I got to tell you, there was only one real fight on that card that was of any entertainment value to me whatsoever. And it was the Hawaiian-American guy versus the Canadian guy in one of the earlier fights. I don't know names because I don't follow MMA. So if you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. If you don't, you don't. Sorry. But there was a Hawaiian-American dude that stood in the center of the ring and fought off the Canadian that had some of the best strikes I've seen in the business. And those two motherfuckers tried to kill each other. It made the main event look like a... Uh, the main event down there put me to sleep. Other than the possibility of what might happen if, you know, you blinked. Right. But Bones Jones owned owned Evans in that fight. I mean, it was like night and day. And I said at the beginning of the fight when I saw the tail of the tape, but I saw that Bones Jones had a 10-inch reach on Evans. I thought, holy shit, 10-inch reach? I'm a big fan of the reach because if you can't get to me, you can't hurt me. Yeah, 10 is damn near a foot. You know, you got... You got Rashard Evans playing patty cake with, with Bones Jones, and then he'd throw that fucking elbow, and it about knocked him out twice. You know, and I kept thinking, well, maybe in the fourth and fifth rounds, Evans is going to unleash and, you know, get in there and try to do some damage and go for the fucking haymaker. <laughs> he never even really tried in the fifth round to get in there. You know, even in the fifth round, I think Bones Jones owned his ass in the fifth round. And they kept talking about how great of a wrestler Evans was. Well, fuck, he didn't try to wrestle one time, to my knowledge. And I'm not saying that I'd do any damage to Bones Jones, because I wouldn't. He'd stomp my ass. 
but his legs are like toothpicks. <laughs> Cut the man's legs out from underneath him. I'd have fucking been kicking the shit out of his legs all night long till he hurt standing up. But out of the fights I saw, and I watched them all on that card, that little Hawaiian dude, that, that Canadian went at it, and holy shit, they tore the house down. And that was fight of the night. Fight of the night. Yeah. You know, that Canadian was busted open. He had some horrible cuts above his eyes that made him look like he was in a lot more pain than he probably was. But then he busted up that Hawaiian's face like a pinata in that last fucking round. And that fight could have easily gone either way. That's the kind of fight where they say, end it so it doesn't go to the judges so they can't screw it up. Because that's the way that fight was. Now, granted, I thought the American won, but barely. And he did. He won. Barely. Well, I mean, you got one over on me. I mean, I don't watch that much MMA, but I'll tell you, from what I have seen, how that shit is legal and sanctioned, I mean, these guys, are they're freaking animals, man. It's amazing when you really watch... You know, it's not like boxing where the guys are just using their fists. I mean, these guys, it's like, I mean, what are the fucking rules? I mean, you guys, okay, go in there and kill each other. Ding. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, wow. I mean, it was, it was an entertaining pay-per-view all the way up to the main event. And I was so jazzed for the main event that when it actually was over with, I was like, really? Well, the same could be said for Brock's last fight. That was one pay-per-view I did watch just because I wanted to see Brock, you know, as a wrestling fan. Yeah, but I knew Brock was going to lose because he couldn't he couldn't train the right way. He was still fucked up in the stomach. Yeah. You know, um, they were announcing Frank Mir versus somebody during that show. And I can't remember who it is, but I was telling Horseman, I thought the guy that was Whoever it is that's fighting Frank Mir next, I think he's he's gonna kill Frank Mir. I can't. I think it might be De Los Santos. I don't remember. And I'm not a, like I said. I'm not an MMA guy. Right. <coughs> I don't. <coughs> I don't follow it. I don't. You know. But uh, I will watch Frank Mir and Dos Santos. I don't know, I will watch that one. That's gonna be fun. Um. Their next one that they have coming up. On Fox, I think it's going to be horrible. Cost checking somebody, and then uh, I can't remember who the other the other main fight it was, but it didn't sound interesting to me at all. But uh, you know, I thought since I was home on Saturday, I'd watch the UFC fight, and eh, well, it was what it was, I guess. If it would have had a great main event, it would have been something memorable because those other fights on the undercard were great. Well, that's, yeah. a, that's a risk you run whenever you order like a boxing or UFC pay-per-view because, you, you know, one good thing I've always liked about wrestling is I know that being it is scripted, I don't have to worry that I'm going to get totally screwed. I mean, I remember back in the day, I don't know if you remember this, my cable company and Tyson started this. If the main event lasted less than three rounds or less than four rounds, you would get a discount on the pay-per-view. And I think they've since stopped that. But, you know, it was just Tyson was knocking motherfuckers out in 30 seconds. And people were like, well, listen, I'm not going to yeah. pay 40 bucks for a 30-second main event. Yeah. Um, Tyson was real bad about that, you know, back in the Tyson days. Um, 
I'm getting a message from Brasseye. Mir versus Dos Santos now that Overeem is out. Yeah, Mir was going to fight Velasquez originally. Um, I'm looking forward to Mir Dos Santos. That'll be fun. Um, with that being said, we're going to take a short break. Good opening segment. Good raw recap. Great job, Bronxy. Um, we'll come back. We will uh, talk a little news of the week brought to you by wrestling-online.com. So stick around for more wrestling news live. I know we were talking a little UFC. We don't do that a whole lot around here. But uh, we will get back to the wrestling topics at hand coming up next after this short break right here on Wrestling News Live on the SNS Radio Network. Hey, this is Triple H from the World Wrestling Federation. You found the right spot for great entertainment, so keep listening right where you are. WrestlingOnline.com, the official news source of Wrestling News Live. You're looking for the latest news in the world of MMA and professional wrestling. Log on to www.wrestling-online.com and sign up for the largest and longest-running newsletter on the Internet today with over 26,000 subscribers and over 3,000 issues. And the best part, just like WNL, it's free! Once again, that's www.wrestlingonline.com. You know, in the world of pro wrestling radio, there's always someone out there who will always try to get under your skin. I want to really drive Andy to the point where he wants to choke me out. Because I'm going to drive him right off the edge of the cliff. They'll always try, but in the end, it always comes down to the truth. That moment when uh, Silent Rage throws the gasket, this match is over. You know, I'm really just a nice guy at heart. But... Don't piss me off, okay? I mean, come on. The truth is going to hurt someone. Catch your weekly search for the truth right here on the Pro Wrestling Rewind every Wednesday night, 9 o'clock Eastern, exclusively on the SNS Radio Network. March of 2012, the two former hosts of the popular Causecast radio show, the Phenom Charles Shane and Mr. Money on the Mic, JJ Sixay, reunited on Friday nights to cover WWE SmackDown, the latest news in the world of professional wrestling, the world of gaming, and entertainment. If you tune in on Friday nights, starting at 10.30 p.m. Eastern, 8.30 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, on the SNS Radio Network, located at www.snsradionetwork.com. Perhaps you can listen to the U-Team on the new Unplugged. The band is back together! The following podcast is scheduled to take you back in time. Host, ring announcer Sean Beckerman brings you pro wrestling nostalgia featuring classic moments and old school themes. So buckle up and go. 
Beyond the Bell each and every week on the SNS Radio Network. It's go time! You're listening to Wrestling News Live on the SNS Network, and that's the bottom line, because Stone Cold said so. Stone Cold Steve Austin right there, welcoming you back to Wrestling News Live. I am the outlaw of the IWC, the trade dog at the helm, brass eye at the controls, and uh, my tag team partner for the evening, Mr. Don Bronx, the Bronx father in the house, ladies and gentlemen. Ladies, please don't throw your panties on the stage. (laughs) Actually, if you want to, go ahead. I don't care. Oh, yeah, I'll take them. But I'll tell you, man, that liner from Stone Cold, I don't think there's any other liner right now that gives me chills like that. Just hearing the words SNS and Wrestling News Live, you know, in his voice is amazing. Yeah, I'm pretty fond of that one myself. <laughs> we got to get I Triple have... H, buddy. Triple H and Sting, man. We're counting them down. Well, those are the last two really on my, that I can think of on my bucket list would be those two guys. So. And- and I know Sting would have your butthole puckered. Forget about it, because I know that's really who you. Well, not really, because I know so. It's one of those where my butthole doesn't pucker unless, I, and it really hasn't for a while. Kurt Angle, it kind of did because of the situation and the timing of the interview. I was afraid that if we missed it, we wouldn't get another one. Um, but thank God it worked, and we got two because he called me back wanting to come back on the show, which was great. Uh, we'll get another Austin. Austin has said that you heard on the interview he wants to come back on when he has more time. Right. Um, but we'll wait till he's got something going on to bring him on. You know, not just bring him on to bring him on. Um, you know, my butthole doesn't pucker unless I'm afraid that I don't know enough about the guy to carry on a good interview. Sting. There's not hardly anything he's done in his career that I haven't fucking heard of or seen. You know? So, to me, I would be... My butthole wouldn't pucker, but I would be a little bit in awe. You know, I would be starstruck. You know, if I could have had a picture... (laughs) You know, they say pictures are worth a thousand words. Indeed. I would have loved to have had the camera... The first time that JSK and I went to the asylum in Nashville and Dixie Carter comes up to us. We're in the third row and Dixie Carter walks up to us and introduces herself. And I introduce myself and JSK introduces himself and he doesn't know whether to call himself JSK or Jody because he, you know, he's like, I don't know if she knows who I am and, you know, (laughs) so 
he stumbles, blah, 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 you know, which is typical JSK in real life. And she said, well, we got a few minutes before showtime because we were there about 30 minutes early before they went live. And she goes, have you guys had a good look around? And I said, no, man, we just walked in. And she reaches in her purse and she puts us these these VIP all access passes right on our chest. Nice. And she peels them off and sticks them on our chest for us. And she said, you see that guy right there? And I said, yeah. She said, just walk up to him and tell him I sent you and show him that pass. That's my pass. And I said, okay. So we go up to this guy and, I, and I'm, I'm like, okay, what the fuck? You know, and we walk up to this big bouncer looking dude. And I go, yeah, uh, Dixie Carter sent us over here. And uh, these are her passes. And <laughs> he says, well, shit, I'm sorry. Let me get out of your way. And he opens this curtain, and then he opens this door that has a little lock on it. There's a code lock. And he opens this door, and he goes, right this way, gentlemen. When we walk through that door, we are in the backstage area of Impact. And everybody who's getting ready to wrestle each other is going over their matches. You know, guys are standing in front of the mirrors cutting promos. And Jody's draw, it, it, Jody's draw, jaw hit the floor. It was just, he was like, this is heaven. This is home. You know, this is, I've always wanted to see this, you know. And I was just like, all right, man, calm down, calm down. He was like, man, I'm fucking marking out, dude. I'm freaking out. <laughs> you know I was like please I kept saying please don't embarrass me please don't embarrass me back here I won't dude I won't I swear to god shut up shut up he was like I need a joint I need some booze I need something to calm me down <laughs> I was like well, let's go get a beer okay let's go get a beer so we went and got a beer and a shot and then we came back and then we walked around and then Jeff Jarrett walked up to us and goes guys we're getting ready to start the show uh, we'll see you guys after the show, though, right? We're like, yeah. He's like, okay. So we went back to our seats. And Dixie was like, no, stand over here so you're on camera. And we were. We were on camera for almost the whole show. You know, that was, that was great. That was our first time there. Of course, we went probably seven or eight different times over that time frame. Uh, Anthony Farley says, what about a Hulk Hogan or an Eric Bischoff interview? Um... Those guys have done so many interviews that I think everything they could say or have said is out there. Um, Eric would be a challenge because Eric would try to drop some bullshit on me and I'd call him out on it. Yeah. So the interview probably wouldn't be very long because I'm sure he'd get mad and hang up on me because I'm not going to be like any other jabroni on a microphone and kiss his ass because he's Eric Bischoff. You know, am I a fan? Yes. Do I think he had a big thing to do with the boom of this business? Yes. Um, like Eric Bischoff or hate Eric Bischoff, and I'd say there's more people out there that hate Eric Bischoff, but you've got to give the guy credit for putting wrestling where it is today. Um, oh, yeah. I still think that wrestling would have died a long time ago and we would all be talking about MMA or football or you know 
we'd all be listening to Unplugged three nights a week because wrestling would be dead. And the only kind of entertaining internet radio would be shows that could do more than just talk about wrestling. Well, it's like the other day I watched the rise and fall of WCW again. I've seen that shit about three times. I just That's my favorite DVD, and it's on Netflix. I still think, and people may call me an asshole, but I, I don't care. If Eric would have been able to keep that TV deal and he would have bought WCW, I think they still would have been around today. Well, I think that one of the main problems was, number one, they let too many people in the NWO. Oh, yeah. Hell it yeah. Got to be, it got to be where NWO was bigger than WCW, and you can't have it that way. Um, so I think the first mistake of many, the first mistake was the NWO got way too big. And like Scott Hall and Kevin Nash say all the time, it was a running joke. When creative didn't know what to do with somebody, they wanted to put them over. They just say, throw them a shirt. Right. You know, um, once the NWO got bigger than the WCW, I think they, they pretty much had no chance of success from a creative standpoint. They would need a genius to come in and write that ship. But they did correct it, and they did get on the right path with the Wolfpack because the Wolfpack was the most over thing in wrestling. You know, it was, it'd be, it's hard to catch lightning in a bottle, especially twice. And they did it with the Wolfpack. But then they fucked it up because, you know, they had Nash go over Goldberg, which left, you know... Nobody there to stand in his way, and they brought Hogan back in on a short-term deal, and they killed the Wolfpack by making the NWO Wolfpack the bad guys again, and people just said, oh, fuck, I'm not going through this again. Fuck this. And you, 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 you counter that with all the backstage bullshit, the politics, and the fact that the front office didn't even want you in the first place, you're destined for failure. Well, I mean, you and I could go on this all night because I've told people on many shows before I was always a WCW guy. And I remember when, you know, Hogan, uh, Pac, Hall and Nash used to come out. I remember in the first few weeks when you heard that music, it was like I could be on the phone with my mom and I would hear the opening chords of the NWO music and I would say, Mom, got to go. Call you back. Love you. New world, new world, new world order. You knew some shit was going to go down. You know. Well, and they should have kept it that way. They should have kept it to about a five or six man faction. Yeah, that was all. That was all they needed. To, in my opinion, a faction just needs to cover all the belts. You need a woman for the woman's title. You need a man that is a staple in the heavyweight championship division. You need a good tag team. DX did it right. DX is the blueprint. Right. You know, DX was the blueprint for what a good faction should be. You know, until they imploded internally, and the last two runs were just Triple H and Sean, which I think is ridiculous. A well, tag team is not a faction. You could even say the same for, you know, I always thought Evolution was a great faction. For well, they were. Evolution yeah. was awesome, but then they got too big for their britches. Yeah. You know, when you ask a guy like Triple H, who's been in, you know, DX and many different variations... You know, what's your favorite faction you've been a part of? And he himself says, for, uh, not Fortune, but uh, give me a buzzer there, Brass Eye. Thank you very much. Uh, when he says uh, evolution, then, you know, that's 
that says it all for, for me. You know, Ric Flair was talking about in the factions deal that they did on WWE uh, television not too long ago, the roundtable discussions, you know, they were talking about factions. And as many good factions as there's been with the Four Horsemen, Evolution was one of his favorite factions. And it was short-lived. Well, you know why. I mean, come on. You know, Triple H, Triple H is a mark. He's always been a mark. He loves the business. Right. And can you imagine, you know, growing up, watching Ric Flair, and then getting to work with him? You know Triple H had to be a little starstruck. You know, well, he- yeah. But, I mean, Triple H was vocal in getting Ric Flair to the WWE for that last round anyway. Yeah, but I mean, you know, we talk about guys who love the business. Like a lot of people wonder, does Brock really love the business? I don't think he does that much. But I mean, you could say the same for a guy like Goldberg. I mean, Goldberg was basically just in it because he couldn't play football anymore. Right. He was in it for a paycheck. And he admits that. Yeah. He he admits that. I have no problem with I have no problem with a guy who's in the business for a paycheck when they're honest about it. Yeah, and and when Triple H held the world title, there was one line Triple H always used that I loved. And to this day, it was the greatest, I think the greatest line, even when he was a heel. When he would hold up that belt and say, if you're not in this business to try and win this belt, what the hell are you doing here? You know, that was that was epic. Yeah. And I mean, he, that belt was like his woman man you if you remember nobody would be was willing to take another man's life quicker than triple h to keep that belt he would do anything i think his best work was a heel always will will say that well triple h has always been a better heel that's that's for sure all right well we can sit here and talk about nostalgia all night long we got things to get to one of them being the news it's brought to you by Wrestling-Online.com, a great newsletter that will be sent to your email inbox uh, once a day, sometimes twice a day, and whenever breaking news happens, all you have to do is go to Wrestling-Online.com and join the thousands of folks that have done so already and sign up to be a member of the Wrestling-Online.com newsletter. That's where we take our news from. It's the official news source of Wrestling News Live. With that said... Let's do some news. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. May I have your attention, please? And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. And now the news. One of the many things that I like about John Cena... Um, uh, you know, he's, he's very, very big with helping out the kids of the Make-A-Wish Foundation. Um, former WWE champion John Cena joined other celebrities to tape a video message for Make-A-Wish Foundation's World Wish Day, marking 32 years of granting wishes worldwide. The video features celebrities such as Justin Bieber, Miley Cyrus, Jon Stewart, Tiffany Amber Thiessen, Buddy Velastro, and Nigel Barker. And it will be displayed on the Thompson Reuters electronic billboard in Times Square on April 29th. That would be this Sunday. Several celebrities and athletes are granting wishes this month in conjunction with World Wish Day, with festivities kicked off by Chief Wish Ambassador Michael Jordan. You can see a video of Cena with all the celebs talking about World Wish Day 
at wrestling-online.com. Well, there you go. Kudos to John Cena and all the celebrities for giving back. I, I wish that I could do more with Make-A-Wish. That would be awesome. I would love to do that kind of stuff. I tell you, I went to see the kids at St. Jude. And I'm telling you, man, if you get a chance to go and tour their facilities and, and be a part of their tour, please do so. And if you get a chance to be a partner in Hope, it only costs a few cents a day. I know you've heard this bill. The the price of a cup of coffee. Um, and one of the good things about it is you're not... I mean, I, I'm all for charities helping out worldwide, but this is something based right here in Memphis, Tennessee to help kids with cancer and to help kids of families who can't support the kids, uh, you know, in their doctor bills. You know, that's one of the things that I love about St. Jude is no child is turned away. Yeah, I donate to them myself every month. Uh, it's so. a, my grandmother started off doing it, and it really is a great, it's an awesome organization, but... You know, the thing about me is I'd love to go visit those kids, but I don't know if I could handle it. That That's just the problem. It is tough. And um, I'll tell you something that's more than tougher than that, and that's trying to raise money for children's cancer the day that your best friend dies. So yeah. I found out the morning that JSK passed away that he had passed away about three hours before I, four hours before I was scheduled to go on the air and raise money for children's cancer. And that was one of the toughest days of my life. I can tell you that right now. Um, on with the news, Andy Levine, the man who won Tough Enough last year, was released from the WWE before even making a proper debut on television. The 24-year-old Tampa native had a developmental deal with the company before winning the competition, beating out favorite Luke Robinson to win. Upon his announcement as the winner, Levine got a nice welcome by Vince McMahon, who slapped him in the middle of the face and then received a stunner by Stone Cold Steve Austin. Following his win, Vignette started airing on WWE television, hyping the arrival of Levine. However, he dated, never made it out of Florida Championship Wrestling. In August of last year, Levine was suspended for failing a wellness program test just two months after he was declared the winner of Tough Enough. Commenting on his release on Twitter, Levine wrote, on my way to acquire some much-needed experience, I'm just getting started in the business. Wah, wah, wah. Well, I guess uh, to rob a line from, I, I apologize for not giving you credit on, on the SNS Facebook page, I guess the rage was so silent that they just forgot about him. <laughs> yeah, silent rage is uh, Gonzo from the WWE. So, I don't know what that means for Tough Enough. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's... They were wanting to bring Tough Enough back, and then they wanted to postpone the bringing back of Tough Enough to put it on the WWE Network, which has been postponed and postponed and postponed. So, who knows? Well, I mean, if they still did Tough Enough the way they originally did, <clears throat> pardon me, where you just had people getting trained and, you know... It, I liked, I was a big fan of seasons one and two, but after that, especially when they had that all women's one that caused uh, our good friend JJ All Caps to totally revamp Unplugged, you know, <laughs> I forgot so about that. Fucking bad. I remember that, that episode of uh, Unplugged where he just went nuts for about 20 minutes, but yeah, it went downhill from there. I didn't mind this year's. I liked the fact that at the end of the day, you had to stand up in front of Stone Cold, and Stone Cold was so honest and open on the show. You know, I thought that's what made it 
stand out was that Stone Cold was the final be-all, end-all say-so. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, who's going to argue with Stone Cold on who should be there and who shouldn't? Right, absolutely. You know. WWE Studios, the company's department, which is bleeding the most money every year, is co-financing a $30 million movie with I Am Global. The movie is titled Dead Man Down, a romantic thriller starring Colin Farrell, which has no WWE superstars involved in it, will be directed by Niles Adrian Oplov, the man behind the Girl with the Dragon tattoo film. WWE's involvement was announced by IM Global founder CEO Stuart Ford and WWE Studios president Michael Luisi. I guess if you're going to put a movie out and you're going to make it a romantic thriller, Colin Farrell would be a good guy to put in the movie. Chicks digging. Well, my problem is when I hear the words romantic thriller, I'm like... Dead man down? You know, romantic thriller, the two things mutually exclusive. In a world where a man's penis no longer works, Colin Farrell stars in Dead Man Down. (laughs) Starring James Vanderbeek. Oh, shit. Dead Man Down. (laughs) This movie brought to you by Viagra, the little blue pill. And Cialis, if you have an erection lasting more than four hours, seek medical attention. No, I'm going to seek hookers. If you have an erection lasting longer than four hours, open your high school yearbook. Oh, God. I needed that, man. <laughs> P. Windsor is out on the news again. PWindsor.com, as JSK would say, PW Insider, reporting that Edge's contract with WWE is expiring. In fact, on May 1st, it has not been renewed as of yet. So, there you have it. Edge was on television tonight and uh, made all of us aware that his contract was expiring soon. So, he's either doing that for studio purposes, storyline purposes, or maybe just to try and hopefully get somebody to recognize that he wants to stick around and give him another contract. Who knows? Well, one thing about Vince, and everybody says Vince is this evil bastard, but He's pretty good at helping out guys who want to stay around. I mean, if you look at the guys he's got employed in the back, I mean, come on. You know, if you do right by him, and everyone said this, he will do right by you. He's just one of those guys you don't want to get on their bad side. But, I mean, I think if Edge wanted to stick around even in a backstage role, and he's a great guy to freaking have, hell yeah, give that motherfucker a deal. I'm being told that uh, we owe you a buzzer. For what? Because the show that made JJ revamp Unplugged was not tough enough. It was NXT. Really? NXT was the show that went to the all women's format. You're right. You're right. You're right. So, Brass Eye, if you got it handy. So, that being said, there's your buzzer. Oh, God. What a train wreck. <laughs> Better better late than never right right all right wwe stocks continued to take a smackdown on wall street Ooh, clever writing there hitting a new 52 week low for the past few days in a row stocks closed the trading day at 7.83 a piece today down 1.63 percent from yesterday's closing it's a new low following yesterday's closing which was a new low of 7.95 a share 
The highest WWE hit in the past year was 11.62, and if trading continues as it's been for the past week, reaching that number again will be looking like a massive task to accomplish. WWE's market cap as of today's closing was $583.15 million. Meanwhile, the company will announce its Q1 2012 results on May 3rd before the opening of the market with WWE Chairman and CEO Vince McMahon heading up the conference call. I always wanted to invest in WWE. Good thing you didn't. <laughs> well, you know, that's one of those things where they say if you don't like it, well, in this business, they say if you don't like it, don't watch. But I guess it's true if you've got the money and you don't like it, just buy 51% of the shares and take over. Wow. Can you imagine sitting at home tomorrow, Bronx, and turning on the computer, having a cup of coffee, and probably like me, a cigarette to start the day, oh, yeah. and you, 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 you get a blip in your email from Wrestling-Online that somebody in butthole Idaho has come forth and bought 51% of the take of WWE stock becoming the 51% majority majority owner of the company well that'd be fucking nuts Hell, I guess, I guess you could do it and if stocks continue to drop I mean they're down from $11 to $7 if they continue to drop it's only making it easier for somebody to do that I mean I'm not a big player of the stock market. My knowledge of the stock market includes the E-Trade baby. That's about it. <laughs> yeah, But, but I mean, at the end of the day, my, my knowledge is if you own 51% of anything, you're the majority owner. Well, I mean, if that shit goes down to one cent a share, I'm in. Forget about it. Can you imagine me striding down the ramp on Monday Night Raw? Well, I don't know that you're going to be able to do it for a dollar a share or a penny a share. I know that there's got to be something in place by the company that would prevent anybody from doing that, I would almost imagine. But then by the same token, my mind is wanting to tell me that if the WWE is traded on the open market, that there's nothing they could do about it if you bought that much shares. Yeah, but I think... Where would you get them from? Who would you buy them from? See, that's the thing. I think you have someone has to be willing to sell before you can buy. So right. let's say Vince is the majority owner. You know that's if it goes down to half a cent a share, he's not going to sell his stock. So unless he actually was willing to sell his stock and get out, I don't think you could outbuy him. I, I got to ask my friend about that. He, he knows about this shit. I, I don't. I'm not a stockbroker, but Brass High says they have two different stocks. So we just have to play along and surely there's a stock broker out there that listens to wrestling news live why wouldn't there be in wrestling news um really your only mention of impact in the news this week impact wrestling did a 0.96 for thursday's show that is slightly down 0.02 from last week and about eighty-five thousand viewers less overall um that's sad because i thought the show was pretty good yeah as did i i i I, like I said last week, I'm done. I just don't know what people want out of them. I mean, you Here's know. Here's my thoughts. Here's my thoughts. They're going nowhere. Right. Spike TV has increased their deal. They want more television product from TNA. 
They're starting to do the right things by traveling a little more. Um, Hogan has even tweeted as saying, yes, we need to be on the road for the pay-per-views. We need to be on the road more often. That's going to happen eventually. As long as I'm happy with the product and I'm happy being entertained on Thursday nights, I'm done pulling my hair or what's left of it out to worry about what other people think. I could care less. If you don't like it, fine. If they put on the best show since WrestleMania 1 and you fucking people want to trash it, by all means, trash it. Just don't do it around me or I'll tear your fucking head off. Um, I'm done with caring what other people think. I don't care. I have nothing invested in it. I have nothing to lose from it. I'm a fan. I enjoy watching it. At the end of the day, that's all that matters to me. Yeah, same here. So, with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, that is your news of the week. It's all brought to you by Wrestling-Online.com. You can join up, get that newsletter sent directly to your inbox so you do not have to go to any wrestling websites. It's delivered to you daily, sometimes twice daily, and whenever breaking news happens, make sure you join with the thousands upon thousands upon thousands of other wrestling fans in a world where you can get news sent to your inbox seven days a week. wrestling online. Dot com. All right, Broxy, with that said, I think we're going to take a commercial break, come back, and answer some phone calls. Sounds good, partner. Let's take a break. We'll be right back with more Wrestling News Live after the break. Get your phone calls ready. Uh, what's the number for people to call there, Bronx Father? Uh, 501-588-7957. Once again, 501-588-7957. Or... If you're in the wonderful world of Skype, just add Sunday Night Showdown to your Skype and call us that way. If you want to talk Brock Lesnar and John Cena, you want to talk Edge's comeback tonight for a brief appearance on Raw, whatever you want to talk about, wrestling-related or not, hell, just give us a call. We'll try to help you out right here on Wrestling News Live, coming up right after the break on the SNS Radio Network. This is Raven, NWA World Heavyweight Champion, and you're listening to Wrestling News Live. The hosts are kind of stupid, but hey, what the hell? Hey guys, it's Mr. Money on the Mic, JJ, all caps, sexy of the SNS Radio Network. If you're looking for the latest news in professional wrestling and, of course, some of the best columns on the World Wide Web today, visit headlocks2headlines.com. That's headlocks, the number two, headlines.com. It's the official news site of the SNS Radio Network. You should make it your official news site as well. Once again, triple W dot headlocks to headlines dot com. Just a good old boy, never meaning no harm. Beats all you never saw, been in trouble with the law since the day they was born. Have you been looking for wrestling radio that entertains and informs? 
Then make sure you tune in every Monday night at 11.30 p.m. Eastern for the four-time People's Choice Show of the Year, Wrestling News Live, with the Trey Dog and J.J. Sexay, where anything can and usually does happen, exclusively on the SNS Radio Network, www.snsradionetwork.com. See you in chat. Hey, wrestling fans, do you want to break from the day-to-day ins and outs of the WWE, TNA, and Ring of Honor? Do you like talk radio that pulls no punches? And do you like your sci-fi and fantasy? Well, tune in to the Elite Force Podcast each and every midweek with Chuck W. And each weekend with William Walkie Walker and Mindwipe. Exclusively on the SNS Radio Network and the Chris Jones Gaming Network. Yeah. This is going to be fun. and you're wrestling to Wrestling News Live on the SNS Radio Network. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't Chris Masters just say you're wrestling to Wrestling News Live? Yeah, I you know I heard that and I would I said really I I give thought- Chris, give Chris Masters a buzzer. <laughs> You're wrestling with Wrestling News Live, hey, whatever. Welcome back to the show. I am the Outlaw, of the IWC. I am the Trey Dog, alongside the Bronx Father Don Bronx, and uh, we got Brass Eye at the controls doing an excellent job as always. Uh, we are in the last segment of the show. So if you want to uh, give us your phone calls for your opinions, let us know. I apologize. Email is down because, quite frankly, I don't know how to get into it. So with that said, so the email us, just pick up the phone and give us a call. Proxy, give out the phone number. 501-588-7957. Or you can just add Sunday Night Showdown to your Skype and go Skype to Skype with a headset. Give us a call. Let us know what's on your mind. All in all, it's been a good night so far. You know, something that we did not do earlier that is my fault. Give me a buzzer. We did not get our ratings 
or our opinions overall for tonight's Raw. So, Bronxy, I'm going to let you go first. Well, yeah, you know, I would have to give Raw... At, I, at first, I would have given it a straight C. But I like the ending so much. You know, the, the two hours that I did see. I got to give it a B-. minus. I think they did a pretty good job setting up for the pay-per-view. But, I mean, come on. Funk and freaking Hornswoggle, really? I, I just... I guess I'm going to be harder on it than you are. I was expecting more being that it was going to be a three-hour super show. Um, to have a three-hour super show and your main event not have any action in it whatsoever, I think is an epic fail. I think to have Ziggler and Swagger job to the Funkasaurus and Hornswoggle is absolutely fucking ridiculous, stupid, fucking dumb. Now, I don't know what these two guys have done to get in the doghouse of the WWE. Or is it the general cycle where you do good, you do good, you do good, you get over, you get over, you're popular. Then they start jobbing you out, you know, like Screech Powers on Saved by the Bell. You're fucked every episode. And, you know, now, once you go through that lull of being fucked for a while, then they start pushing you again to the moon. A lot of superstars have gone through that cycle. Maybe that's what they're doing with these two guys. They're just doing it at the same time as a tag team. But to me, I think Ziggler should be up there contending for that world title. He should be in that mix. He should be interrupting Jericho and Punk and trying to get himself into their feud. Shit like that. I give it a C. I don't think it did anything for the pay-per-view. I, 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 there's nothing about the Brock Lesnar CM or Brock Lesnar John Cena feud that I that they did today that makes me want to see it any more than I did before. Um, I thought Edge was great, but to not have a, a main event of any kind on a three hour super show is almost blasphemy. So with that being said, welcome to the show. Who's this? Uh, this is Anthony from California. What's going on in California? Uh, pretty much is okay. And what, unlike what the power says, this isn't always porn country. <laughs> Does he say that California is porn country? Yes. <laughs> Shut I didn't, on. I wasn't, I wasn't aware that the power knew anything about porn. He's in denial. I mean, he seems to me the kind of guy that, you know, would be flipping channels and turn off Cinemax when titties come on as opposed to leaving it on to see what happens next. Oh, shit. <laughs> I don't mean that in a homosexual way. I mean that in the way of that he's got, you know, kids running around the house and then a wife. Right. Okay. I think uh, he calls her the higher power. Yes. Yeah. That's what I'm getting at. All right. And um, I agree this um, three-hour Raw wasn't like the big show as it should have been because I originally think it was supposed to be a draft show, but the draft doesn't mean shit really anymore. Well, why would it? you got the super show now where everybody's on the same show on Monday nights. There is no brands. I don't know. If they want to make it important again, they got to just split them up again and actually do something, have some big stars on SmackDown more than... Just have them basically on Raw. 
I think the only way, and I, I can't believe I'm going to say this because of the way I talked about this brand split when it originally happened. I think the only way to save the brands is for when, and, and it will happen eventually, this, this John Laurinaitis with Teddy Long as his bitch storyline is going to come to a head. And like any pimple, it's going to have to be popped. And when it is, I think what's going to happen is in order to save it, you're going to have general manager versus general manager. You're going to have another alliance versus the WWE type feud where you're going to have SmackDown versus Raw. Whoever goes to watch show, that's going to be their way of doing another new draft without calling it the draft. Or they may call it the draft. Um, but eventually you're going to have to have a Raw versus SmackDown, Laurinaitis versus Teddy Long, more than just one match with the leftovers of a pay-per-view. You know what I'm saying? And if they do it and do it right, it could be a historical moment in wrestling history if they do it right. But that's a big if. Yeah, do it for like Survivor Series or if that pay-per-view is still around, bragging rights. Yeah, I mean, you have to really make it a Raw versus SmackDown to where every draft pick tips the balance in the favor of the other show. Um, also, um, I agree that Lesnar is most likely going to win the pay- um, the match at the pay-per-view. The only way they can go with it if Cena wins is that Lesnar just attacks him afterwards and injures him and takes him out for a couple months. That's the um, only way. Well, no, because I think Lesnar and Cena can have an epic Thing versus Hulk type fight, to use my comic book knowledge. You know, two big brawling bruisers that all they know how to do is fight with their fists and just go ape shit nuts, tear each other apart. At the end of the day, though, because it was such an epic fight, even the winner loses a little bit. You know what I mean? But having such such an epic fight that at the end of the day, Brock gets the win. He's a little banged up himself, but Cena is so banged up. Yeah, take some time off to recover. Yeah, and you know, getting back to what you said, Anthony, you know, another problem I have, and I was just thinking about this, is having a three-hour Raw as a go-home show. I mean, maybe that's why they make it subpar. Maybe that's intentional because they're basically saying, we want you to plop down 49 bucks this Sunday for three hours. All right, commercial-free. Yeah, I know. But... We're giving you three hours right now. They can't make it too good. You know, it's almost like I don't think that go-home shows should ever be three hours. No. I'd tell you something else about this John Cena-Brock Lesnar fight. You know, um, Brock, he alluded to it a little earlier. You know, um, who do you who do you feed to Brock next? Well, here's the thing, and this is what shoots holes in your theory, Anthony. And I hate to be the gunslinger, but if John Cena is going to be gone, who's going to be the babyface on Raw? Well, that leads me to believe if that's the case, if John is in fact going to leave, then CM Punk has to go over again on Chris Jericho to retain that world title to give Brock something to challenge for. I think you immediately go into CM Punk and Brock because Brock is not a babyface. And if he takes out Cena, and Cena's going to be gone for a while, then he instantly gets that feel of being the heel guy in the match, even though he necessarily isn't. He's more of a tweener, supposed to be. But with what Edge said tonight, they're trying to label him the bad guy as a guy who doesn't care about the business. 
only cares about himself. Well, if that's the case, that's that's got heel written all over it. So if he's going to take out John Cena, and John Cena's going to miss a few months, who's going to be the babyface of Raw? It has to be CM Punk. In order to be the babyface of Raw, CM Punk has to go over and has to retain and keep that title to give Brock somebody to feud with next. Yeah, and when um, Lesnar was making all those demands, and you want me on this match, I, you got to do this and this. I'm surprised he says, oh, yes, you want me to say, I have one more revision. I want a world title shot. And then set up for like the next review or so. Well, and here's the deal. They could shoot holes all in my theory by putting Brock up against Sheamus next. Because Sheamus is already a good guy. And, you know, basically... Uh, Sheamus being the babyface, Brock can play the role of the heel, and that's another route you could go. So that's the cliffhanger to my other theory. And, and um, people, go ahead, Bronx. No, no, go ahead, Anthony. And people have been saying in the chat, we would like to see Lesnar versus Taker again. I mean, those guys had great matches, but Taker's not what he used to be back then. But you know, like this, I when we fight, I'll beat respect to you. I guess I have to do it again and just set up another match between them. Well, I mean, you know, the other thing, yeah, I, I could possibly see that. But one thing we've neglected, too, is that they seem to have fucked up Sheamus's baby face. I mean, this whole yes shit that Daniel Bryan is doing, I think they made a huge mistake having that match at, at WrestleMania being as fast as it was. Because and the sad thing is, it's not Sheamus's fault. Look, this guy's doing what he's told, okay? And I think maybe they could use Brock via Trey's idea. They could use Brock to get Sheamus back into that babyface standing that he was at. Because right now, the reaction that, that this match is getting at the pay-per-view has to be killing the WWE, yeah, the only way I think they can get Sheamus somewhat back into the graces of the fans more so than he has right now is to have him have a good match with um, Brian, Daniel Bryan. I mean, a match they shouldn't have had at WrestleMania. And maybe the fans will go, okay, we can lay him off a little bit from him now. Well, and Maze brings up a point in the chat room. You know, the same thing that, that, that Bronx brought up earlier. You know, Lesnar could go after Triple H, or Triple H could go after Lesnar, or vice versa. That's only if you're going to try it. The only reason that works, the only way that works, and the only rhyme or reason you do that is to keep Sheamus away from the title picture. Or not Sheamus, but uh, Lesnar. Give me a buzzer there, Brass Eye. There you go. That's the only way that works. Because, uh, you know, if, if their intentions are not to get Brock around a title this early, that would be the only way. All right, and one more thing. People have been saying that, been rumored that for WrestleMania will be either Cena, Rock again for a rematch, or Brock versus Rock for a match. How about Brock versus Rock versus Cena, triple threat, but make elimination? It's possible. Too far away for me to try to wrap my head around. I know that I heard Edge had slipped and said something about Brock and Rock, and Rock didn't really deny it, but I almost, well, shit, I don't know. It's it's difficult because uh, as the fan of wrestling, uh, as a fan of the sport of wrestling, you want to see a guy like like Cena get his rematch. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, let's be serious. If I can be serious for a minute, at the end of the day, 
John Cena walked into a room full of writers that said, here's what we got for you, John. At WrestleMania, you're going to go against The Rock. We're putting The Rock over. I mean, in, in the real world, Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, did not beat John Cena's ass in a fight. It was scripted. And the sad thing about it is, they called it once in a lifetime. Once. Once in a lifetime, meaning there will be no rematch. That sucks if you're a guy like John Cena, but going into it, you know that one guy's got to win, one guy's got to lose. But at the end of the day, you'd like to see a guy like John get his rematch. I don't know that it'll happen, but I guess we'll see. We'll find out together. Yeah, they can have the eliminations. Uh, let it go for like over 15, 20 minutes, and let's say Lesnar gets eliminated first, like a cheap loss or whatever. Then for like another 15, 20 minutes, it's just Rock and Cena, so it'll be somewhat of a match in, within a match. Right. Um, again, they call it once in a lifetime. We'll see. Um, at the end of the day, like I said, John didn't, John didn't get his ass whipped by The Rock. He was told to lose in a scripted match. Uh, which is the one bad thing, of, you know, if there is a, a bad thing about this business, it's that, you know, it is predetermined and one guy's got to win, one guy's got to lose. You know, it just sucks that a guy that's done so much, whether you like him or not, and I don't care, most of you don't, but for a guy that's done as much for the business as he has done, to not get a chance for that rematch sucks. That's true. And um, Abraham Washington, not Otonga Bronx. Um, have you noticed, like, the people he's somewhat been going to say, hey, here's my car. I might want to represent you. There's never been, like, a, a white and average, like, American guy. It's always been, like, Mark Henry or Primo and Epico. I might be looking at too much, but there could be something there. Well, it's, it's funny. I, I, I would laugh my ass off once if he'd walk up to somebody and give him his card and go, have you seen my brother Abyss? <laughs> oh shit i'm sorry wrong show yeah no i'm looking to add people to my stable who knows we'll see what's going to happen with that um it's kind of like the lovable losers club to me so we'll see all right that's pretty much my that's it for my call bronx thanks it's good that you were able to take over for um jj again and i got we got wonder if bronx is going to try to take over the network now i think he is uh i'm i'm i keep an eye on things don't worry yeah, he might have been the one that got JJ sick. You never know. Oh God! All right, so see you guys. He is he is he is in the center of of Times Square. You know, he he is at Ground Zero. He may have got a hold of some anthrax. Oh, dude! Oh my God! I mean, I would think I would think Bronx knows us well enough that he would just come to us and say, "Guys, I want to be on more shows." He wouldn't be on a mission to get all the hosts sick. <laughs> That's true. Oh, man, but, I've done enough shows as it is. But, I mean, it's like, but like I said, I love it. You know, I don't mind. But, you know, yeah, man, it's like, maybe it is me. Because, like I said, everything I have touched this week has turned to shit. So I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> all right, Andy, thanks for the call, man. No problem. Bye. All right, he drops off. That opens up a line for you. If you want to give us a call, go ahead. Now is your chance, 501-588-7957, or just send us, uh, you know, call on Skype, 
Sunday night showdown, the name to call. Welcome to Wrestling News Live. Who's this? Hello. Hey, yo, guys, it's El Train. Hey, what's up, man? Hey, what's going on? Uh, oh, boy, I just, uh, right before I got on the phone, I was listening uh, on my phone to the stream, and uh, holy cow, you just dropped on Bronx Train. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, you got to be thick-skinned if you're going to hang out with a dog. Oh, it's, it's Wrestling News Live. I've found that out the hard way. I've I've, ha- I've had at least one or two moments on here. There you go. What's, what's on your mind, man? Uh, we'll call it in a little bit uh, regarding some stuff on Raw, and then something I want to run by you, Trey, um, regarding some stuff that may happen later on this year. Uh, first of all, um, regarding the whole... Uh, Brock Lesnar thing at the end of the show. Um, I was hearing Bronx a little bit talking about, you know, I, I think you guys are throwing out possibly if they do something with Brock and Punk later on in the over the next few months, like having them go back and forth on the mic. Uh, it sounded like Bronx, uh, you were uh, you were pretty cool with how uh, Brock was uh, doing his stuff on the mic work um, tonight. I kind of disagree. It there was a lot of stuff that it seemed like he was really stumbling over a lot of. Well, I thought during the contract reading. Uh, or the contract signing that I I almost felt like he was asking for the same shit over and over again. Uh, like he kept forgetting where he was on his list and reading, oh, fuck, I'll go back to the top. You know what I mean? It was like he stumbled with his own list of demands. If he was robbing a bank with hostages, he would have probably failed. Because <laughs> he kept trying to read his demands and they weren't coming across very well. Uh, the only one that caught my ear that was really uh, out there and different was the use of McMahon's jet to and from all events. But then it was like he get, he went right back to stumbling. I think what Bronx is talking about for as his mic work goes when he was doing the promo of I smell fear on you and I like it. You know, that part was okay. I think the only part that he really butchered or would have warranted the, the buzzer if he was on our show was the uh, demand segment where he was trying to, to, to claim his demands to Laurinaitis. Right, I, I see that. I mean, it, I, I don't know how many times I had heard him using the, the word change or in some way saying changes during that promo. I kept yeah. on thinking, like, if, if you were going to make a drinking game out of that with you guys, and if you had to take a shot every time he said the word change or changes, we would have had rest, like Wasted News Live 2.0 by the end of the night. That's why CM Punk got the liquor basket. Somebody was already going <laughs> <at it. laughs> Well, you got to remember, too, Brock's a guy who, when he was in you know, the WWE back in the day, he had Paul Heyman there. Yeah. Then he went to the UFC where nobody really gives a shit what you say. And, and he opened his mouth and made a jackass out of himself. Yeah. So now, if you really think about it, he's just starting cutting his own promos. It's going to take him time. You know, he, right. he's not going to. But what I like about. He's not going to be the rock by any stretch of the imagination. No, but what I like about his promos, and I was going to say this, there's something cold about him. It's like, you know, he's. Because a, you believe him. He's telling yeah. you the truth. I'm going to rip your head off. And shit down your neck, and you think to yourself, "My God, he could probably do that." So, sort of like, sort of like, if even if you know he may, he may stumble over some stuff, like maybe he like he takes his his image of you know this being this this 
badass, you know, rip your head off guy, and he puts that into his promo, and it helps enhance what he's saying. Right, because it makes it believable. Anytime you can make me believe in wrestling, you've got me. That's when I become hooked. When you make me believe, and I don't have it's not it's not. Brock doesn't have to go too far out on a very thin limb to make me believe that if he says he's going to do something, by God, I bet he can. You know, if Stone Cold comes out and says, I'm going to drink a few beers and I'm going to stomp your ass and give you the stutter and walk out the champion, you believe it because he probably will. Well, I mean, the other thing is, and, and yeah, but what I mean by cold is <clears throat> almost like he's even he has a look, Brock. Brock has one of those faces where, like, if you never heard him speak before, but you ran into him in the dark alley, you'd shit yourself. He's playing it almost like where he's a masochist. He's sadistic. He's saying, I enjoy beating the shit out of people. It brings me pleasure. And the way he says it with no animation at all, just dead serious. Yeah, I got to say, I, I'm able to suspend my disbelief when Brock talks shit. Well, I, I think what's cold about it is, you know, I, I don't need to hear his voice. If I run into Brock in the dark, I'm going to shit myself anyway. <laughs> you know, he could open up his mouth and go, I like peanut butter M&Ms, and I'd probably shit myself, you know. <laughs> but, I mean, the guy is, he is what he is, and he means what he says, and you know, we'll just have to see how it translates in the future. But, you know, all in all, I think he's done a great job in his pre-recorded paper or pre-recorded promos to begin with. Oh, man. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for WNL. Even little quips like that, I needed a good laugh. Um, <laughs> now, now, one of the, one of the, one of the other things I was thinking about, obviously, one of the other notable things that caught everybody by surprise, I think, was uh, Nikki Bella winning the Divas title tonight. Is there, have you guys heard anything over the wire about uh, what's up with Beth, whether it's a legit thing or not? Not yet, but the way that we uh, took it from the show tonight, it looked legit. So we're going with the fact that it was legit uh, from what we saw. Um, we haven't heard anything post-WWE Raw to confirm that, so we don't know at this time. It's kind of up in the air because, I mean, you know, it, it definitely looked legit just from the fact that she hopped off of the apron. It looks like her knee buckled or something. Well, that, but so that, by the cool. same by the same token, you know, um, a few years ago when Edge won that Royal Rumble for the Money in the Bank ladder match after he had it stripped from him, you know, when he fell out of the ring and waited for Flair to win, you know, it it almost looked like he had legitimately hurt himself too. But I, I think the thing that um, people were wondering, because you know, it, it could it could be real. But I think because I'm, I'm guessing some people who were on Twitter may have seen this. One of the things that was trending after Nikki had won the belt that would make some people think it might have been a work, because you know the whole thing has been that the Bellas are going to be taken off soon, and maybe they re-signed or something. The fact that one of these things was trending on Twitter makes it suspicious. Remember what position the Bellas were in one year ago and who said they were going to be seeing them one year later? Karma. Hmm. I'd like to find out what happened with the Bellas. I'd like to be a fly on that wall. 
you know, and say what 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 they end up having to do, or if they're gonna. I mean, at the, at the end of the day, are they sticking around? Are they not? Are they? You know, was this a way to help help entice them to stick around? Who knows? Yeah, I mean, you know, the, the bell is. I, I like their gimmick. The fact that they do that, you know, where they switch up and and everything. You could have an interesting dynamic here. And like Trey said, you can really, well, I can't because I can't see shit, but you can tell them apart to some extent. But it'd be great, like, to see them come out and, like, you don't know. You know, you could have Michael Cole say, is the right Bella, you know, defending the title tonight? We don't know. You know, that shit could have a really good dynamic where, like, they share that title. I could see that. On the injury to Beth Phoenix, Tennessee Cowgirl says, from WWE.com, it looks like she has affected her anterior tefibular ligament, which is the most common injured, injured ankle ligament on in inversion injury. Uh, she has swelling and has a hard time walking on it. They're going to need an MRI to make sure nothing else is going on and to see how they can treat it, if they need surgery or if they can do it conservatively. So it looks like she's going to... Never like hearing when that one goes out. Yeah, it looks like she's going to miss some time regardless. Ah, that sucks. Um, All right, well, this is is the last thing, and this is a quick thing because I'm going to try and get off soon. Um, Regarding the fact that you were talking about how it seems like Ziggler and Swagger, more more over Ziggler, have kind of gone downhill a little bit. Like, you know, the fact that they're putting them in with this whole thing with Brodus. Uh, This is a question that I posed to Andy a few weeks ago on the Rewind regarding Cody Rhodes. Um, now that he's uh, lost the Intercontinental title, and even though they're still having the whole thing with uh, him and Big Show, and where it seems like Ziggler's kind of dropped down a little bit. I know you said, Trey, that you think this, like, 2012 is probably going to be the year we see Ziggler hit that next level. With the way things are going, progressing with both of them now, at this point, who would you say you think is more likely to maybe get a world or WWE title shot and, like, actually become the champion at this point? Would you say it's better odds being Cody or Ziggler? You know, with the fact that Cody is technically a SmackDown guy, and Dolph has already had it for one day, <laughs> technically. Well, um, I could see, I could see Cody getting elevated to that point, probably quicker now than Dolph. I feel like Dolph is just lost in the shuffle on Raw right now, and I don't know why. So, until I can figure out why, I can't tell you. I just think that uh, for some reason, if he's on that schedule where they boost, 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 and then they kill, kill, kill before they promote you to the main event again, uh, he's on that cycle. I don't know. Um, Because right now, he's, I mean, losing to Hornswoggle and and the Fuckasaurus in record time, I I don't see how you go from that to being a world champion anytime soon. At least uh, Cody's still in a feud with the Big Show, who is at least the Intercontinental Champion. I can't see either one of them doing it this year, but if I had to pick a horse, it'd be Cody over Dolph at this point. Man, I would love to see, and we were talking about factions earlier, you know, where there's a method to this, that Cody, Ziggs, uh, who else? Zack Ryder. You know, a couple of these young guys, even, you know, you could even take Swagger. He's not that young, but he he could pull it off. 
And this whole thing with Abraham Washington giving out his business card to, you know, uh, Epico and Primo, you throw them in there too. And you have a faction form where they're coming out and beating the shit out of guys like Cena, guys like where they say, you know what? We're tired, man. We've been here for years. We've been busting our asses and we can't get TV time. We get thrown. You know what? Have Ziggs come out and say, come on, I got to wrestle this idiot talking about Brodus Clay and a midget. That's how much, you know, you think of me. No, you know, we're going to prove it could be like the Nexus except done right and with stars that we already know. Now, the first thing I would do Monday is I would have Ziggler come to the ring, start cutting a promo about how he's tired of being, you know, the punching bag and, and, the, and the, the punchline to a joke. And, you know, this isn't what I signed up for when I signed up for your services, Vicky. And if this is the best you can do for me as a, a tag team match versus, you know, a gimmick and a midget, then I no longer need your services. I'm firing you. And I'd love to see Dolph fire Vicky on Raw because of this shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, that could be, the you know, the start of it. Plant the seed, you know. Something, something. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. Well, uh, I think it's pretty much going to do it for my call. Uh, great talking to you guys, and uh, send my uh, get well wishes to JJ and Harmony. Hope they're feeling better, and um, I'll speak to you guys again. All right, man. Thanks for the call. Take care, uh, man. Peace, guys. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. I think that's going to wrap it up for us here tonight, unless anybody else calls in here in the next few seconds. Uh, with that being said, um, you know, another great night for wrestling. Um, Looking forward to this weekend. Uh, the pay-per-view is Sunday, correct? Yes. All right. So Sunday night, you'll have Sunday night showdown. And um, I don't know who all will be there. <laughs> <coughs> At this point, I couldn't tell you. I'm hoping that we have one. I'm sure we will for WWE Extreme Rules. I uh, want to thank Brass Eye for producing the show back in the studio. want to thank all of you for listening. And remind you to listen to the other great shows on the network as the week goes on. You know, you have excellent shows like the Elite Force podcast, which I was on for about three hours on Saturday. I know it's being dropped into a two-part segment. I believe part one is available now where we break down our favorite songs in the sci-fi movie, film, and gaming industry. Um Make sure you check that out. Also, Beyond the Bell, Running the Ropes, Why, The Open Book, Unplugged, Sunday Night Showdown, The Pro Wrestling Rewind, all that available for you to listen to here and absolutely free on the SNS Radio Network. Ron, see any final thoughts? Uh, yeah, don't forget, guys, please go over to uh, Four Down and Definitely, you know, if you haven't joined, joined. If you haven't voted for this Sunday, vote. Don't forget, you're not just competing against, you know, your fellow SNS family members. We're competing against every league on the site. And damn it, we've only been around like three, four months now, and we're number two. So let's try to get us to number one. Well, the good thing is we joined like we were told at the right time. We got a few pay-per-views under our belt to see how things work. Now it's a brand new season. So it's like fantasy sports. The season just started. 
and uh, we were in there for week number one. We finished second overall on the website out of all the groups, and we uh, finished second by six points. With Brassi out of our group finishing in the top eight worldwide. So you're judged as an individual. You're also judged as a member of our team. So make sure you join up and get approved. And they'll, they'll get you logged in and approved where you can start making your picks within 24 hours. And uh, join the group. Start making your pay-per-view predictions. We'd appreciate it. So with that being said, I am the Trey Dog, and that is the Bronx Father. We're going to call it a night here on Wrestling News Live. Want to give a shout out to my partner, JJ Sexay, and his lovely wife, Harmony, and I hope they get to feeling better. You know, it's one thing for one of them to be sick, but now they're both not feeling well, so that's got to suck. So get well soon, gang. We, we love you, we miss you, and we can't wait to have you back on the air. Uh, JJ should be back on Friday with Charles Shane in another edition of Unplugged. So um, with that said, our song of the night is a song that I picked because it was the basically the, the mood I was in at the time. And uh, I was cleaning my apartment. One of the things you may not know about me, I am a redneck, which makes it ironic. <laughs> but I am a huge, huge fan of Prince. And at one time, I had every album the man had ever put out. Hell yeah. Now... With that said, that was about 12 years ago when I had that claim of every album he put out. He's put out several since that I haven't picked up because I just haven't, you know, been the collector I used to be. But at one point, I had the actual vinyl album, not the CD, but the album of everything he'd put out, including the black album, which was on shelves for about two hours. And he called and he, he called his record label and had them cancel the, the album and had it pulled off shelves. So if you didn't buy a copy in the first couple hours it was available, you had to go on the internet many, many years later and buy one that way. So as a big fan of Prince, I was going through the albums that I have in my closet right now and just looking at them and reminiscing. And I also have many of the albums also on CD so that I can listen because I don't play the albums. I just have them to have them. They're still in vintage, perfect condition. Um, from the album B-Sides, Bootlegs and B-Sides is a song that has a lot of, it has a lot of sentimental value to me. I'm not going to go into the story. But guys, I can tell you this. If you get the girl to your apartment after a few glasses of wine and play this song, there's a good chance you're going to get laid. <laughs> so with that being said, I'm going to leave you with Prince, If I Was Your Girlfriend. JSK, take us out. Cool. With that being said, thank you very much for listening to the show. Thanks for everybody uh, that participates in the forum boards, and thanks for everybody participating in the chat room. Until next week, Peach 420, kiss my ass. Good night, white people. I'm out.
news I can actually get laid if I play this song. Yeah, I think even you will get laid if you are a prince fan. Would you let me wash your hair? Could I make your breakfast sometime? Or then could we just hang out and we go to a movie together? Cause to me, baby, you have a new Your breakfast, you're getting laid. Besides just have sex, it's all the other little things that count. And Steve Bronx, if you follow that, even you could get laid. You have to be sensitive. I mean, like the line where he says, you know, can we just go to a movie and what? Can we just stay home and watch a movie and cry together? Chicks eat that up. You gotta be sensitive, cater to their needs. Well, it wouldn't be the first time I cried on a, on a date, but, you know. I would imagine that you probably cry a lot at the end of them. <laughs> We're out of here. We'll see you next week. Night, everyone.
is not affiliated with the WWE, TNA, Ring of Honor, or any other professional wrestling and or entertainment companies and exclusive to the SNS Radio Network.